The transfer portal is going to stay hot for the next seven days. Are the Miami Hurricanes going to land this former Florida Gators wide receiver? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So we have another week for players to enter that transfer portal. Not everybody did it the first day. Like some of you thought, hey, if they're not going to hit the portal on April 15th, it wasn't going to happen. No, plenty are still hitting the portal, going to hit the portal. And one of the newest additions is Florida Gators wide receiver Xavier Henderson. He has just hit the transfer portal, standing six foot three and a half, 180 pounds. He's a former four star recruit. And yes, there's going to be plenty of connections here to Miami. And I can tell you the Miami Hurricanes have already made overtures to Henderson. They've already reached out to him. He's a Columbus High School grad. Hmm. Is there any sort of a connection there? Now, he's class of 2020. So Henderson's experienced in back when he was coming out of high school from Columbus, he was recruited by Manny Diaz. So obviously Diaz couldn't keep him home. Uh, meaning back then you didn't have in place at Miami Columbus grads like Mario Cristobal, Alonzo Highsmith, and Alex Mirabal working at the U. Uh, they have that now, and the Hurricanes, I'm sure, ha are making a serious push as that has started already. So Xavier Henderson, how could this be an attractive option for the Miami Hurricanes if he does end up finding himself in Coral Gables at the under end of that portal? Uh, he started 11 games last season for Florida. 410 receiving yards on 38 catches, scored a couple of touchdowns, 9.8-yard uh, average on punt returns last year, which is really good. Uh, he's got 73 career catches in 35 games, 835 yards, five touchdowns. He started 11 games in total. Kudos to Matt Shodell from Kane Sport for laying those stats out there. And here's a stat that was given to me by a Florida source, which really goes to outline why you need and a lot of teams do but why Miami really needs a receiver with the physical type and the speed that Henderson brings to the table not only is he tall it's six foot three and a half he's also got blazing speed so this stat was given to me by someone who covers the Gators Henderson last year was the 10th fastest player in all of college football last season the entire country he was clocked at running 21.3 miles per hour in a game. That's exactly what Miami needs. That sort of game-breaking outside speed at wide receiver. Um, and obviously, Miami's not the only show in town, right? With Xavier Henderson hitting the transfer portal, there are going to be, and there already are, others who are interested, others who are making contact, okay? But I know Miami, I expect Miami's going to be very aggressive here. So, X, uh, as they call, although Miami already has an X. So I guess if, if Xavier Henderson comes, they're going to have to call him Hendo. I think that may be a nickname of his as well, because we've already got an X. I, I guess we can have a Hendo because you can't have two X's in the same wide receiver court. But you know, he's got Henderson two years of eligibility left. Um, well, my understanding is his goal is, and this is not too surprising, he's got two years of eligibility left, but 
He wants to go somewhere where he can get a lot of opportunities and just really ball out next year. Try to get it. Try to get to the NFL in the 2024 draft after one strong season at wherever he transfers. Um, so from a Miami standpoint, as we noted throughout last week, I think coming out of the spring game, Miami spring game, that is, you feel a bit better about the receiver room based on the way some of them performed in that game. And a lot of them performed over five weeks of spring practice. You feel a little bit better about the receivers you already have, but still Miami needs to add at least one outside speedy playmaker. If you can, you remember the conversation we had with Brad Tejeda last week after the spring game was like, Brad said it pretty well that, Hey, Coming into spring, you probably thought Miami needed two receivers in the portal. Coming out of spring, they probably only need one, but you've got to make it someone who can compete for a starting job there, right? Because right now, and absolutely no disrespect to these guys because I like them both a lot, you know, you can probably pencil in for the outside spots. Colby Young and Jacoby George are going to be your starters there with Xavier Restrepo in the slot, but You'd like to get a guy who can give them some competition and someone who can get a lot of reps because, as we know, even if you don't start, it doesn't mean you're not going to play a lot because they're going to be rotating a lot of wide receivers in and out, and you need a lot of depth there. So in addition to Miami, I've been told that Pittsburgh, USF, and Louisville were among the first to contact Xavier Henderson and have some mutual interest there, but more of the signs are pointing to Miami. The vibes that I get is there's probably the most mutual interest between him and the University of Miami, uh, but Pitt, USF, uh, and Louisville, and I'm sure among many others, are already in play here. From Henderson's standpoint, he likely wants to find a team with you know, unlike Florida at this very moment, wants to find a team maybe with a more stable quarterback situation. Miami has that with Van Dyke staying uh, and a team that wants to throw it quite a bit. Miami will have to convince him of that. When they have meetings and film sessions with him, Shannon Dawson and Mario Cristobal, because even though you've got now someone with an air raid background running your offense and calling the plays, you still do have a head coach whose DNA is more of a power running type of thing. So I'm sure Xavier Henderson will want to get a really good idea of how Miami wants to manage their passing game next year. But you obviously saw Miami take a lot of shots downfield in the spring game. We saw it throughout spring practice in the scrimmages. So they want to take a different approach to the vertical passing game than they took last year under Josh Gaddis. We can put those Josh Gaddis days behind us. So hopefully Henderson sees Tyler Van Dyke in Miami is a more stable quarterback situation for the next year. And speaking of Tyler Van Dyke, now that that saga from last week is behind us, let's be classy and show the man some respect. Tyler Van Dyke is our quarterback. He went through a lot of adversity last year having to try to learn that Josh Gaddis offense, which we're so glad is gone. Doing all of that with very little pass protection. There were so many injuries on that offensive line. And then he fights through that shoulder injury, tries desperately to play at the end of the year in the back half of the season. I will never forget, you know, how hard and how badly Van Dyke wanted to play and tried to play in that Florida State game. Uh, you know, he sacrificed his body to try to win that game for us. And I will never forget that. And, you know, he stuck around after all that drama last year. Tyler Van Dyke loves Miami, and let's not forget this from a competitive standpoint. TVD gives us the best chance to win on Saturdays. 
Support your QB1. Support him. Because if Miami is going to compete for an ACC championship this season, which is what we all want, Tyler Van Dyke is going to be the guy who leads us into that position. So let's show the man some respect and let's show the man some support. And we're only getting started here on this episode of Locked on Canes. We've got some more transfer portal updates. What's going to happen with Bear Alexander, who's announcing his commitment tonight, Sunday night? A uh, couple of other defensive tackles I'm keeping my eyes on. And in recruiting, a big-time Miami target is moving across the country for his senior season of high school. Hmm, what could that mean? And we're also going to answer your questions. We'll do a little Q&A here on this episode of Locked on Canes. Keep it locked. And folks, keep it locked to FanDuel. Because the Grand Slams, no hitters and double plays are all back. And there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up, place your first bet, and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. So you have nothing to lose, literally. Nothing to lose on that first bet. How great is that from FanDuel? So do not miss your chance at that no sweat first bet up to one grand. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Uh, if you've been betting on the Miami Heat, you've done pretty well through three games. That's for sure. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Locked on's NFL mock draft special is here and it's bigger than ever. Follow along all 32 teams first pick in a six episode ultimate mock draft experience. Only Locked on can deliver. All episodes are available now on Locked on NFL draft on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So back here on Locked on Canes. Uh, you know, we're going to be paying attention to this tonight. I don't, I don't want you guys to get too enthusiastic about this this evening, but definitely support the broadcasters who are bringing it to you because I love these guys. Bear Alexander, the big defensive tackle out of Georgia who's in the portal, he's going to be announcing his transfer portal commitment tonight. He's reached his decision. He's going to relay that decision to the world this evening. His choice of outlet to announce it is very interesting. He's announcing on the Footballville channel, which has a Miami connection from their hosts. So I want to say congratulations to Footballville because getting an exclusive scoop like this, that's massive for their brand. And I see these guys working hard and grinding each and every day. So congratulations to Footballville for getting this. So just seeing you know, the venue that he chose to announce tonight, People have been asking the question, so if Bear, if he's announcing on Footballville, does that mean he could be announcing Miami just because of where he's doing it? I say no. Sadly, I say no. Because if I follow the intel that I've been getting on Bear for the last week plus, however long he's been in the train, I guess it's been about a week since he's been in the transfer portal um, if I follow the insight I've been given on his process, and if you follow the visits, which is usually the telltale sign, Bear Alexander is almost certainly going to pick USC tonight. In fact, he's at USC this weekend, and that appears to be the only visit he even made. So if you follow the visits, or in this case, the visit singular, and if you follow the buzz that's had USC written all over it from day one, I think he's going to be a Trojan. 
I'd be more than happy to be wrong because we talk about all these positions of need. We were just talking about, oh, it'd be nice to add a, another speedy outside wide receiver, give Tyler Van Dyke another weapon. Uh, even more important than that is to add just a big space-eating, run-stopping, monstrous, aggressive, mean defensive tackle. And I think this one is going to end up uh, a USC Trojan, but I hope I'm wrong. I would love him to surprise me and surprise the world and pick Miami. Uh, you know, for Miami, I'm still keeping my eyes on, and hopefully we have more information on what these guys are thinking throughout the next week. But I'm definitely keeping my eyes on defensive tackle Taiwan Malone from Ole Miss. We know Miami is interested there. Uh, an interesting wrinkle with Taiwan, who's also a star baseball player. And, you know, Ole Miss had a pretty good baseball team. Miami's got a pretty good baseball team. So if he wants to continue that whole dual sport thing that he's on, Miami would be a really good spot for that. Uh, so Taiwan Malone, who's, you know, big, strong, over 300-pound defensive tackle, he's a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, and I've still been keeping my eye on This is an interesting one for a certain reason, but uh, Jeffrey Emba from Auburn, uh, you know, we reported on this show over a week ago that Miami did reach out to him when he hit the transfer portal. Miami made contact. Uh, but the big question that I have with Emba is, is he insisting on trying to play defensive end and not tackle in his next spot? Because there's been buzz about this, that he doesn't want to play on the interior. But I think Miami would probably only want to bring him in if he plays in the interior. So that could be a big factor there. So I, I think just him kind of deciding what role he's willing to play and finding the right defense to play it could be a factor there. But you know, there definitely is, or at least was, Miami interest uh, on that side. So let's go from transfer portal to recruiting. 2024, Miami defensive line target T.A. Cunningham, along with two other Cali kids, one of them being his brother, are transferring from out west from Los Alamitos coming over to Miami Central. He's going to be right in the backyard, T.A. Cunningham. This was reported, I believe, first reported. So I want to give credit to Frank Tucker from Rivals, who another guy who works really hard. I see him out there at every Miami practice. That dude is grinding. Good job, Frank. Uh, so uh, Los Alamitos, four-star defensive end T.A. Cunningham, uh, 2027 defensive end TK Cunningham, who uh, is uh, is his brother, and Santa Margarita Catholic four-star 2025 quarterback Beckham Kritza are going to make the move uh, to Miami Central. Uh, and on TA Cunningham, um, I do expect that to be one of the headliners that Miami probably will. Obviously, no guarantees, but I think Miami will probably end up landing a verbal commitment here. From T.A. Cunningham, I think this is someone Miami is going to land in this class. Six foot six, 270 pound plus defensive lineman, a consensus four star prospect. He's like what he's seen so far from the University of Miami, and he's going to be a lot closer to recruit in the near future once he arrived, uh, once he arrives at Miami Central. So that's cool. And then T.K. Cunningham is going to be a stud in a couple of years. So these are situations to monitor here in recruiting been getting some awesome awesome questions from you guys i want to answer some of these on the other side and hey uh, if you want to help support the show in another way you know outside of supporting our advertisers like built bar and fan duel 
um, and just watching the shows, giving us five-star reviews, clicking the thumbs up button. Another way to support us and to support us financially is through our exclusive subtext chat SMS platform. Um, and I never ask you guys for donations. That's not how we do things here on the Locked On Network. So if, if I'm going to bring you something extra, we're going to add extra value here in return. So when you join our subtext SMS community, you can sign up completely free for the first 14 days. So you have nothing to lose those first 14 days. And then at the end of that, if you opt in, it's $4.99 a month. But I give you guys one-on-one -on -one chats through the texting, texting service and several updates, news updates, show updates, scoops throughout the day. Um, the last several Miami verbal commits uh, were predicted. And you guys got heads-ups and Dono balls from me on the subtext chat. And uh, a lot of these transfer portal news stories and buzz, you guys get it on subtext before anyone else gets it. So uh, I'm going to include a link in the show description below on how to sign up for our exclusive subtext SMS service. And we also I answer you guys' questions right there on the chat. And I also answer you guys' questions on the show as well. So we're going to do some Q&A when we come back. Keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. We are part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And speaking of every day, tomorrow, whoo, this will be a tomorrow evening, Monday evening drop. We are going to talk with, I think this is the first time I announced this on the show. We are scheduled to chat with Judd Anderson the ambassador. Actually, I might have plugged this one other time on the show, but I'll plug it again. Miami Hurricanes 2024 verbal commit quarterback Judd Anderson is going to join us for a special evening drop on Monday. So make sure you stay tuned for that, my friends. All right. So we get a question here from Derek in Nashville. He says, my question is regarding the portal. We need, he says, quarterback running back, speed wide receiver, big defensive tackle, safety depth, cornerback, or maybe the freshman can help, he says, and left tackle, uh, or is Zion the solution? He says anything else. Well, Derek, I don't. I, I think you covered pretty much I, – I don't think I could add anything to that list. I think you covered pretty much everything as far as you know areas Miami would look at uh, in transfer portal depth. So I'll go through the ones that are probably the priority for me. Um, now, as for quarterback – the crisis was averted with Van Dyke staying. So you're, you don't have to go out and look for a starting caliber guy. And that's a two-way street because a starting caliber guy probably wouldn't want to come here since Van Dyke stayed. So it's not as if Miami's just like, well, it's not look for quarterbacks. But I, I do think Miami could use more depth at quarterback as far as backup depth uh, because three scholarship quarterbacks on the roster, that's incredibly thin. Like you want to have at least four um, Emery Williams being a true freshman, I don't want to burn his red shirt and you risk having to do that with only three quarterbacks on the roster. And, you know, Jakari Brown, um, you know, overall for the body of work from spring, I feel better about him being my quarterback too. He's shown a lot of improvements, but he did show enough inconsistencies in the spring game that you still worry a little bit. I just think for the numbers game, it might be nice to have somebody else, but it's not it's not as big of a priority. Had Tyler Van Dyke left, it would be a crisis. It is not a crisis. It's more of a luxury pickup. With running back, uh, yeah, because you're going to have, you know, um, 
d- depending on how quickly uh, Trevante Citizen is healthy again, uh, and I'm not I'm not sure what's going on there. But you're talking about either four or five scholarship running backs next year, and two of them are true freshmen. And Citizen is going to be a redshirt freshman with no experience in college. So, yeah, you could absolutely use another depth player at running back. Um, as far as speed wide receiver, we talked about it. Big defensive tackle, we've talked about it. Safety depth, uh, I think you could use it. I'm a little bit less well-versed on how good the safeties are in the transfer portal right now. So you guys may want to help me out on that. You know, cornerback, uh, Fagans from Alabama. I think that could be a very, very interesting option that I think Miami is looking at. Uh, but I do agree with part of the assessment that Derek made that the freshmen can help because uh, Damari Brown and Robert Stafford, who are the freshman corners who haven't arrived yet, they're not early enrollees, both of them very mature as high school players coming out, and they both play very physical. So I, you don't want to have to rely on them too much because they're going to have some growing pains. But I think that both of them are probably more equipped to contribute than true freshmen usually are. So I keep that in mind. And then at left tackle, um, I don't, I don't think this is a transfer portal priority. I don't um, for a couple of reasons. Um, I, I can happily say that the, Reports that I've heard about Zion Nelson's recovery are all very positive. I, I think that, you know, and, it, you know, he, he's had bad luck with injuries. So you always worry about what's the next thing going to be. And I hope that he doesn't have to worry about that. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But I think he's recovering very nicely as Zion. So, uh, you know, he might he might just be fully ready to come back and take that job because he's going to be ready to go by fall camp. So Zion may be the answer there. Um I'm not going to be too hard on Jalen Rivers because he had he had a very good spring, didn't have a great spring game. But let's remember in the spring game, he finds out like two game two minutes before the game starts that his left guard uh, wasn't going to play because Javion Cohen was a late scratch. And so that, you know, you, you take one link away from the chain, it can affect that entire unit. And you were without your starting right guard as well in that spring game. So I, you know, I, I don't want to overreact to, to a spring game for Zion, for, uh, for Jalen Rivers. So I, I don't think left. And then of course you got the pancake honcho who at some point is going to be ready to dominate. He might be ready to contribute at a certain time this season, uh, the true freshman left tackle. So I'm, I, I don't think left tackle is a priority, but I, I think the other stuff that you brought up, does make a lot of sense there and i appreciate the question derek we get this from chalupa batman our guy now that the dust has settled from the spring game is there anything you noticed on rewatch that concerned you okay so watching the game with a couple of former players when i was at the stadium and then talking to some former players afterwards including a wide receiver um you know they did tell me that they still don't feel like Miami has enough speed. Like they don't have the amount of explosiveness that they should have compared to, you know, someone like Florida state. So again, I, I, and a lot of this centers on the receiver position. So trying to add someone like Xavier Henderson or Tyler Harrell, if Miami is still in the mix for him or Jaquai Jackson, that would definitely help. Now, everyone though, including me is very high on Ray Ray Joseph. That dude, once he 
blossoms. He's going to become that sort of X factor type of weapon. I just, I don't know as a true freshman, how much you expect this guy to do, but he's going to be a big time weapon in the future. But um, I, I think everyone's in agreement that even though you saw some, some good stuff from the receivers, you, you just, you need more of the type of difference makers that could just take it to the house and take over a game on any play. Like you, you lack a little bit of that. Okay. So that that's one thing that stood out. Um, you know, this goes back to what we were just talking about. I'm a little bit concerned about the offensive line depth. Uh, I think Miami's got a really good starting five and a couple of decent backup options, but you saw that O-line, they looked very pedestrian when your two starting guards were scratched late. So that says something about the depth. Okay. Uh, but Chalupa, going back to your original question, being honest, after re-watching the spring game, because I watched it in the stadium first run, and then you know I, I went back, uh, I think, two mornings later on, on the Sunday morning after I re-watched it on TV, I actually felt better, not worse, after the rewatch because there were certain players I didn't notice a whole lot in person that I noticed more upon the rewatch. guys like Cyrus Moss and Ahmad Moten at defensive tackle. So again, we talk about how badly Miami needs a defensive tackle, but part of that needs to be solved from within, right? Part of that is you need someone like Ahmad Moten to blow up this year, right? You need Thomas Gore and Branson Dean to come in and show you why they belong at the University of Miami. Like you need some of these guys to step up and really come forward this year. And then another guy that I noticed more on the rewatch than I did the first time was Daryl Porter Jr. at corner. He stood out to me. All those guys stood out to me in a good way, and I didn't notice them as much the first time I watched. So I actually I felt better, not worse, after watching it the second time. Question from Giant Ninja, who says, out of what you've seen so far in spring, what are the big differences from last year that have you feeling optimistic in comparison to last year? Uh, something tangible, because we can talk about intangibles a lot, but something tangible is Lance Guidry's defense. Night and day, I think, compared to Kevin Steele's D. Kevin Steele is the type of coach that needs to be coaching a team where the talent is just going to win over scheme, right? You know, the Alabamas and the Auburns where it's just just let these five stars play. Um, you know, unfortunately, Miami didn't have enough five-star types last year where Lance Guidry's defense, it's going to get the most out of these guys. I think the scheme is going to elevate this defense. He throws out multiple looks and fronts that confuse the hell out of opposing quarterbacks, and it's going to give opposing offensive coordinators a lot of work to do this year. And also, Guidry's schemes not only make the defense better, but going up against that defense in practice is also making the offense better and smarter. Tyler Van Dyke and Matt Lee both talked about that a couple of weeks ago, that it's a great challenge for them going up against Guidry's defense. And, and don't think you saw a whole lot of that in the spring game because the scheme was very vanilla on both sides. But if you followed Guidry's work at Marshall and you watched that Notre Dame game last year, expect to be very pleasantly surprised by, by that defense this season. Um, you know, I think, you know, we've we've talked about this a lot already this episode, but I, I think the wide receiver coaching from Kevin Beard is night and day compared to Josh Gaddis last year. So Beard is going to get more out of a lot of the same players. Uh, and the scheme from Shannon Dawson, it's designed to get guys the football in space and create mismatches. So I think that's going to be better. Now, as far as the intangibles go, I think the biggest difference to me this year is the freshman class, this top seven class. These guys who have shown up, they're all hungry. 
and they're all out there pushing the upperclassmen. Um, and even some of the guys we didn't talk about a whole lot, like uh, Caleb Spencer was probably a little bit underrated, and he's been one of the most impressive true freshmen out there in spring. Uh, Bobby Washington, Robbie Washington, Ray Ray, you know, obviously Francis Mauingoa, and uh, and Ruben Bain has just been – he's been dominant. He's been a revelation. So that's a big thing that I've noticed. These guys are pushing the upperclassmen, and that's only going to continue because there are a bunch of guys who are not even on campus yet. Once you get Mark Fletcher – Damari Brown, Robert Stafford, Chris Johnson. Once you get all these guys on campus in the summer, that's only going to continue. Get this question from Alex, who says, question for the show. I know you won't be doing any wins and losses predictions now, so the question is, when will we get the official wins and losses prediction from you? Uh, he's right. Uh, obviously, Alex is a regular <laughs> listener and viewer because he knows I'm not out here throwing record predictions out there in April um, as far as when I'm going to do that because I got to do that before the season starts at some point I'll do it the week leading up to the first game at some point the week of that Miami Ohio game in first weekend of September that week leading up to that I'll give you guys my official wins and losses prediction. Um, it's it's going to be at least one win more than they got last year. That's the only spoiler I'm going to give to you. I think they're going to win at least six games this coming year. So at some point at the uh, you know first uh, day or two of September, I'm going to give you guys my prediction on what that record is going to be. But you are correct, Alex. It's not going to happen right now. So thank you guys so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Uh, another thing I'm going to do tomorrow in the morning episode is we've gotten some new five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys so much for that. I do want to shout you guys out for that tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have a morning episode, then an evening episode with Judd Anderson. So tomorrow's going to be loaded right here on Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.